Uh, Omaha, welcome in to another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for tuning in and, and sticking in um, throughout all the craziness that's going on right now. Uh, you know, like I said the other day, gonna try and continue to to provide some content. You might have a little downtime in the next couple of weeks, so I'm gonna try and give you something to something to listen to, something to get excited about. Um, you know, when we, when we can start going back out to restaurants, and I am. I am just beyond pumped to introduce you to my guest today. Uh, I have Nick Bartholomew. He is the founder of the Dandelion Pop-Up. He he owns Over Easy. I mean, I, I'm trying to like, as I was preparing for this, I was like trying to put together like how to describe you and all your accomplishments. And basically, you're just like, if there's something involved with Omaha food, like you've touched it somehow. So Nick oh, Bartholomew, yeah. welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here in a uh, new day and a new time in Omaha's history. Yes, absolutely. So just to give some perspective here, this is, we're recording Tuesday afternoon, uh, March 17th. So obviously everything is always changing with this coronavirus going on right now. But um, just to lead things off today, I want to get into Dandelion Pop-Up. I want to talk about Overeasy, but to kind of set the stage, and I think this ties into who you are and what you do so perfectly. Can you just kind of fill people in on, on what you've been doing so far today in response to uh, the coronavirus and, and how it's affected Omaha restaurants? Yeah, you know, I think that we all kind of have a sense of how this has changed us in a way. You know, we don't know. It's not specific. Um, but, you know, you get up in the morning and you kind of have – to see what the day brings. And so in my business, um, I'm sure like a lot out there, there's a lot of changes going on. The restaurant business has been rapidly approaching its day of reckoning with this coronavirus and how health and human services are related to food and and the grouping of people together. So um, today when I woke up, what I felt like is, is how can I use a platform to help people who may need help? And so I think that that's really kind of my core goal uh, with what I do in my business is I want to help and I make Omaha have a reason for being cool or looking cool or, you know, whatever it is I can do to, to establish something better uh, in our community. And so um, I woke up today and Chef Glenn Wheeler and some of the flagship folks like um, uh, Anthony Hitchcock and I had a conversation about what we can do with our perishable items should restaurants be making the decision to outright close their doors? I read that Au Courant uh, just made that decision as well. And so everybody's really trying to figure out in an oscillating time what it is it looks like for us in the future. And I'm kind of um, uh, in the camp that we got to do something. Uh, sitting around and not doing anything is just covering our own. And that's never been my style. And so in this case, what we tried to figure out is how we can best use dandelion as an outpost for those perishable items to maybe start collecting and uh, redistributing to our neighbors who need them. Yeah. So what, what does that look like exactly? Because I think, you know, when a lot of people or you know, the, the gut reaction when you hear, <clears throat> excuse me, when you hear the restaurant is closed is just, you know, that's awful. And obviously that, that pain is there. But then, like, I didn't even think about it until you brought it up. Yeah, they have food. They have perishable items that need to go somewhere. So you guys were working on a plan to redistribute those to people who are in need during this time. 
Absolutely. I think that, you know, we have such access, unprecedented access, unlike the general public, to uh, humongous streams of food, you know, whether it be through a distribution channel or um, a local partner that we have in a farm or a butcher shop, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, that's half of our business nowadays is bal- that balancing act. And so on huge levels, there's going to be food that can be redistributed that was set aside specifically for restaurants or hospitals and outposts of, you know, the large cafeteria majority. And so that food shouldn't go to waste. There's mm-hmm. definitely someone who will eat it. or There's definitely a way that we can use it. And I think that Dandelion's just such a perfect, perfect platform for that being in the middle of the old market being accessible to almost everyone and uh you know flagship and glenn wheeler at spencer's and a few other of my uh colleagues have been great helps kind of getting this thought process on track and we're excited to to help people and uh mentioned a little bit earlier you you have over easy which is an awesome breakfast brunch lunch spot um just kind of can you peel back the curtain just for the general public and kind of let us know, you know, what these last couple of days have been like, just with all the, all the pivoting and all the changes that have to be made. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely chess, not checkers at this point in time, you mm-hmm. know, and I think that the reality that we're, um, coming and waking up to every day is the employees are our number one responsibility. You know, at, at the end of the day, these are families that we count on, that we support, that we see through sickness and health, uh, like loved ones and, and, and relatives, and want to help run our businesses or continue to bring you good product. And we don't want to lose them. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want them to be lost in the shuffle of all this. And so trying to find a new way to reorganize has really been our focus today. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, Today, when I went into Overeasy, um, and your viewers are the first to be privy to this, is what we're looking to do is now expand into dinner. Uh, if the inevitable happens and a state emergency is declared, as of we sit here, it hasn't been yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if a state emergency is declared like it has been in Iowa, I'm lucky enough to say that I have a drive through at Overeasy at my outpost, right? And so now we're working on what does our meal packages and our to-go prep packages look like for the general public to come get breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. And so we'd be open from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And what we would do is sell formatted meals, so two, fours, sixes, and eights of new items, old items, and a combination. And so our dinner menu is starting to take shape as it hasn't before. And so that's something that Overeasy has always thought about doing is, is you know, venturing into comfort foods and dinner and what does Overeasy look like if we had dinner, but now being forced into that yeah. and really having to create that pivot like never before has been absolutely interesting. And then using servers in new ways to say, well, you're not going to be serving the general public because you can't count on your tips anymore uh, to pay bills. So how, how does drive through technician sound today has really been, uh, the strategy sessions that we've had. That's amazing. And, uh, just as a restaurateur in general, I mean, obviously the, the entire community is, is really hurting. And I think that there are a lot of Omahans out there who, who want to help, but they aren't quite sure how, because they don't want to leave their house or, you know, some restaurants are, you know, 
closing their doors and everything. Just from your perspective, how if people want to help, how can they help? Yeah, I think right now the best way that they can help is if you have excess, don't hoard it. I think that if there's a way that you have an avenue to get to something that other people could need, use it for good. Mm -hmm. If someone needs our help for food, I'll give you my cell phone number, call me, and now the good news is is places like places like um, Foods in Season and gals like Amy Stone are now opening their businesses that they had set aside specifically for chefs or restaurants and now going to open these subscription boxes and beyond to the general public. So there's exa- there's one example, but the point is is I have access to food. If my fellow man needs access to food, here we go, I can help you. Maybe you have access to something I need and let's just ease any concern that there is because we do live in an age where we can help each other pretty easily if we all stick our heads together. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to talk all about coronavirus. It consumes enough of our days now. We're going to talk about some happy (laughs) stuff too. And ironically enough, when we started talking about setting uh, setting up this podcast a couple weeks ago, none of this was on our radar. And we were just no. gonna we were just gonna talk about dandelion pop ups. So that's what I want to do now. We're gonna do some positive cool. stuff. So uh, just as a quick primer, dandelion pop up. It's a event every Friday uh, at lunch on 13th and Howard in downtown Omaha. There are rotating chefs each week who come in and um, kind of create their own you know street food cuisine. Like that's kind of the high level view of it. I, I like. There's no reason for me to explain it, I guess, when I have the the founder of it right here. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna open up the floor and and let you explain how awesome Danny Lion is. You know, Danny Lion is as awesome as all of Omaha food is. You know, I came into Omaha food about seven to eight years ago now, and I've been lucky enough to be party to the young and old sides of both, right? And I fall somewhere in the middle nowadays, I guess. But, um, you know, I've opened over easy with Tim Maids, Ben Maids' brother. Mm-hmm. You know, we go way back before Ben knew how to spell beard award semifinalist, you know, <laughs> and so uh, it was, it's, it's been great. I think Dandelion's purpose and in, in all of it is to get my friends together, get the guys and gals that I love in this industry together and find a day where we could share our common bond with the greater good and just do something cool that had no pretense, that had no circumstance other than just feeding you cool food and if you hated it this week next week would be different so come on back you never know what you're gonna get Uh so it's been just this cool collection of awesome people that we get to work with or not every day in the food industry and seeing what they would do if they had a second to get out of the kitchen I think too often you get stuck to the adherences of your specific menu or the cuisine that you, you know, feed the public with. And there's more that you want to do as a chef. Over Easy mm-hmm. uh, definitely does eggs. But at one point in time, Ben Mays and I worked together at a place called the Market House. And yeah. uh, that restaurant was going to be pretty cool without a without a fire that Stupid loomed fire. large. Yeah. But, you know, I seem to, yeah. And so <clears throat> the point is, is Danny Lyon was just, a stripping away of all the other things that food can be and just really getting down to what makes it fun and cool. And we've had a ton of great people and businesses from startups to established who come through our doors and deliver awesome Fridays to our uh, loving fans. And the reason um, 
to provide a little more context that we're talking about this and we're so excited about it is because you started this in 2016, you operated it for three years, and then just due to um, some logistics, I would say, it, it had to stop and you weren't able to run it last year, but thankfully it's back up and running this year. So I want to go back to the beginning and... Back in 2016, how did you originally come up with this idea? Because it's a very unique concept to Omaha. Like, I haven't seen something like this anywhere else. And what was the reception like originally? Did people, did they get it? <laughs> you know, do any of us ever get it? When That's it's a good point. New, yeah. You know, I guess is <clears throat> the answer there. Um, it was friends. You know, and I bet you Tim Maids, if you ever talked to him on your program, would have a funny story to tell you about the very first dandelion, right? Because he was my guinea pig. Uh, the idea came from I was driving downtown every day to see what was going on with the market house. Mm-hmm. And on that corner was this concession stand, for lack of a better adjective. And I, you know, just meditated on what we could figure out to create a cool space and still, you know, produce food without putting all the heavy lifting on one person. And so really the, you know, the divvying up and how we can all help each other was the cool part. And Timmy said, yes, Dario said yes, you know, and all of a sudden Paul Kulik said yes. And, um, we were off and running, you know? And so what Dandelion was about and what it'll always be about is just kind of seeing, outside your box. Maybe generally you don't eat local or you don't eat Indian food or whatever it may be. Dandelion's purpose was to really bring to the public the idea of, well, I don't know what it's going to be today. It's like Russian roulette, but I'm heading there with my friend Sam and we're going to eat, you know, and that's really kind of the, the preface for all that we've done. And it's been so fun and we've gotten to meet all these personalities. And, uh, if you follow Dandelion, uh, on Instagram or Facebook, you can definitely relive some of the cool moments that we've had down there. Right. And in, in my research, these last couple of days looking stuff up, I've kind of relived that. And that's just, it's, I'm so excited that it's coming back. Like I'm, I'm beyond pumped. Um, Thank you so much. So mentioned a little bit earlier, kind of the, the logistical stuff in, in August of 2018, the, the greater Omaha chamber of commerce announced that it wouldn't allow public events in the courtyard of this building anymore. And that's why Dandelion had to had to, you know, close for the 2019 season. Um, but there's a new owner of the building now and you worked out a deal to, to reopen and, and we'll talk about when that might be. And we might not know when that might be, but can you just kind of take me through the, the set of emotions where, what was the feeling like when you learned that Dandelion was not going to exist, at least not in that space at that time. And then moving from that disappointment to the elation that, hey, this thing, it can come back now. Isn't life crazy? You know? <laughs> yes. and, um, I would just say, you know, the, there was definitely a strained relationship a little bit with the Chamber uh, of Commerce and Dandelion due to some communication gaps um, and, and plans being laid out for us. But, you know, our goal all along was just to be open. You know, we, we weren't, you know, disturbing the peace. There really wasn't a lot of things going on after 2 p.m. in, in the afternoon. Right. And so, uh, you know, we just wanted to see how that could evolve and then being told, hey, here's a piece of paper that says you have 30 days to get out, even though you had 90 days left um, on your schedule. 
you know, good luck to you, you know, was a, it was a tough blow, but mm-hmm. let me say this, I got to give just a lot of love to companies like BVH architecture who reached out right away and said, wherever you go next, we'd like to be involved in designing it. The, the cost of that design is on us because we just want it to be a part of the fabric of the community. That's awesome. And so companies like that. And then, you know, Paul Smith's company down in North, North, uh, downtown across from the ballpark came up and said, Hey, if you're looking for a site, would you mind coming down and looking down here? And so these, these local people really did stand up to say, we care about what happens to Dandelion. We see value in it. Come share it with us if, if you can't share it where you were. And so, you know, that part was hard and kind of trying to re-envision where it might end up um, off of 13th was difficult because that epicenter of 13th and Howard just works so well and just feels like food now. It mm-hmm. just feels like where you want to eat. And so, um, you know, being that surge for the old market uh, was awesome. And so we we looked at a lot of places. We fielded a lot of phone calls. Like I said, BVH was phenomenal with helping us with some awesome designs that I'd love to share with any developer who wants to expand Dandelion because I think there is some expansion in our works. Um, but, uh, you know, finally getting to the phone call and to the point where we the dust kind of settled and now RDG came in and was the new tenant from where the um, chamber was before and they were excited from the beginning mm-hmm. you know uh, John Sova and Ben Kroll were great guys and they said listen we see the value in this now not later and Collier's said the same thing because they're the owner of the physical land <clears throat> and so with those two gentlemen's help Mike Potoff from Collier's they saw the vision, they saw the value, they saw what we were creating, and they gave us the keys back, you know. And so now we hope to turn Dandelion into this feel-good project that it was set out to become all along and turn it into once-monthly block parties that mm-hmm. are focused on pizza this month and tacos next month. And again, collaborate with each other in our neighborhoods and wrapping a beer garden around it during the college world series and you know doing the things that make omaha special and just and growing that that brand was has been our goal from the jump now you mentioned a a few of the chefs that um have participated previously glenn wheeler paul kulik um looking at the lineup that that you have prepared for this year you've got the Urbans from Block 16, Anthony Keeper from Dolce, Carlos Mendez from The Hunger Block, um, Jake Newton from V-Merts. These are just a couple names. Like it is, it is a who's who lineup of Omaha chefs. It's like super impressive. Just why do you think, in in your in your mind, I guess, why is Dandelion even with this time off? How has it gained such an important place in the Omaha culinary scene, where all these different people want to be a part of it? It's fun. Yeah. In the end, it's fun. You know, what it's about is that we're all out to enjoy the experience with the food. <clears throat> what Dandelion does um, for foodies and, and non-foodies alike is Dario standing right there yeah. next to me cooking your chivap chichi, and no one knows what the heck that is, but they <laughs> want it because Dario's right there. Uh-huh. And so they can say, hey, Dario, I have a reservation at your restaurant. I'll see you at six tonight, you know, and that arm's length approach has been the fun for the chefs and the people participating as guests. And so the ever-changing menu obviously is fun, but uh, being in arm's reach has just made it this 
you know, you can reach out and touch your creators, you know, of the food and say what you like and don't like and just kind of be on the pulse of the people. Um, and that's really where food started, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, that street food culture is kind of where it started. And so what we're hopeful for is we've always been <clears throat> akin to the great Omaha chefs, but uh, we hope to be part of the startup community as well very soon you know we've seen empanada kitchen and some others like that come down and try their hand uh the sous chef one of the sous chefs from the boiler room um uh is going to come down and i have his date here somewhere uh chef novak's going to come down and they're going to try a new sandwich concept that a friend of his and he had always wanted to do and so what we want to do is if there is a number two you know, number two always wants to be number one. And so in this case, if number two and number three want to create these concepts, that's what expands Omaha. That's what creates greatness and kicks out chilies. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, when we can kick out chilies because we have all these number twos and number threes in this vastly advancing food scene, um, because it was organic growth at places like Dandelion, we all win. I love that. You're, you're giving new chefs like the opportunity to grow because it, it can be so hard to rise up that that chain. You know, so many times sous chefs, they they have to kind of take a leap of faith and, and start their own place before they really know what they're doing because the head chef isn't going anywhere. But Dandelion is kind of giving them that opportunity to, to at least do a trial run and be and let them see if they can hack it. And it lets the steam off of that relationship, right? Because number one, always, if you're a chef, Dario, he always knows he has someone amazing behind him like Jordan Reed, but Jordan Reed in his own right is amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, Chef Dario might want to give him more of a role, but that's still not giving him his own restaurant, which Jordan may want someday. And we hope to give Jordan the outlet, maybe Jordan the opportunity and the pump that he needs to kind of take that leap and help us all enjoy what his food's about so he becomes the next chef dario and dario and the guys that are number one across the city have been so receptive to that because it allows that outlet more so than in the 80s or the 90s where we didn't have that but we still had number two is always wanting to be number one yeah and so um, it's been great. Those relationships have been great. We love setting those up and we hope to expand on that this year because uh, now as a leaseholder at that space, um, we've created a great uh, understanding and uh, written agreement with RDG and Colliers. So we'll be able to be open uh, after hours and do beer gardens and public events again, hopefully very soon. I love that. That is so stinking cool. Uh, now, one of the things that was really exciting when you released or I don't know if you've officially released it yet, but but you've teased out the lineup for Dandelion this year. And one of the things yeah, that was yeah. one of the things that was really exciting is one restaurant on there was not from Omaha. It's Jason Vincent from a restaurant called Giant in Chicago. Yeah, like just how fun is that to see it expanding where chefs from other cities are wanting to come in and try their concept here? Like it's not just an Omaha thing. Like other cities are recognizing it and wanting to be a part of it. Huge cities, right? And yeah. like Chicago is right now my favorite food scene, I'd say, uh, in the United States at least. And I think that Jason Vincent is so representative of that. And when my wife and I visited Chicago the last time, the time before that, and the time before that, it all ended at places like Royster and Giant. And so 
Um, having chef Jason Vincent say yes to somebody he's never heard of before on a cold call, mm-hmm. more or less, uh, was unbelievably exciting, you know, and I think that it's a testament to what we're doing here. And really, we in Omaha know what we have. We know it's a smaller scale on certain ways, in certain ways in the food community, but we know what we can be and we know what we aspire to be. So I think that having an infusion of guys from other cities, especially like Chicago, can't hurt what we're trying to do. And hopefully what Jason then does is spread the word far and wide of how cool Omaha is in Chicago or maybe make a venture here with us. Or at the bare minimum, what it does is it makes our community, again, feel comfortable walking through his doors and supporting him in Chicago and saying, hey, I was at that dandelion and you're the man. So here we are now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Just, I feel like I have to ask this, and I know that there's not really a good answer to it, but Dandelion, it was scheduled to start operating um, March 27th on Friday. Just given the current coronavirus situation, we don't know if that's going to be possible or or when it's going to open up. So I guess just kind of open it, like how does the current situation affect Dandelion? And for people who are really interested in it. Like how how can they get updates on when it will be open? uh, Who will be running, you know, each Friday, things like that. Yeah. So thank you. Um, We haven't released more or less the, the season is set as it were. We know, uh, who's playing in which episodes. Um, so we have that more or less ready. Um, local motive, like you said, was, uh, set to be our first dandelion of the year. And that is, uh, March 27th. Uh, we don't know what is going to happen as we, you and I sit here right now, if that's mm-hmm. going to be possible. We hope being outside sure helps and being able to maybe limit that even easier to 10 lunches at, you know, and as 10 lunches go, the next 10 lunches can go. We don't know what limitations we'll have yet. Right. Uh, we sure hope we can start as soon as possible, but I believe our second one is chef Glenn Wheeler. Uh, from Spencer's of the year. And so we're excited to have him. And I think that that's in April. And I don't have that specific Friday's date um, in front of me. But uh, hopefully, you know, as March ends, uh, we have a clearer picture of where we stand. But uh, we'd love people to follow us on Facebook. We've been kind of holding back the announcement of um, you know, our dates and our chefs because we don't want to spoil it. You know, yeah. we don't want it to be lost. And maybe some confusion because it really is worth everybody seeing. And I wanted to just go back. I think at last count, we have six different communities uh, represented in Dandelion this year. We have Lincoln, we have Corning, Iowa, we have Chicago, we have Des Moines. um, And there's one or, oh, we have Counts of Bluffs. uh, Lincoln's Pub is coming. So I believe we have, like I said, five or six different communities that are surrounding the Omaha community that are coming to downtown Omaha to support what we're doing and it's going to be great. You know, I think that uh, that's what we're about here in Omaha. That's what we like to support and seeing the cool stuff is there. So stay tuned on that stuff with us, with uh, Instagram and Facebook. We promise to keep you aware. And if you can help us, you know, wrangle food, hand sanitizer, whatever anybody may need, uh, hit us up on that phone number that's on the Facebook page or the email that we were given. And we'll set up a pickup time or whatever you need um, to drop it off 
uh, to help some people out because really, uh, hopefully in the winter time when this is all settled down, that's Dandelion's goal then too, is that we'll open maybe as a, uh, a helping hand during the winter where we can do giveaways of warm clothes and soup and, you know, food like that. So we can continue to be a part of the community in the winter time. That is beautiful. I love it. Uh, something that has just been so much fun for me personally is in doing research for this interview and just in talking to you for the past 30 minutes, whatever it's been, you just, you love Omaha. You don't like Omaha. You don't, you know, you don't fancy Omaha. You love Omaha. And and so do I. So I just, I love to see that passion come through you. What has made you fall in love with this place and, and its culinary scene? You know, I think it's a it's the blessing and the curse of Omaha, right? You want to be taken seriously. You know you yeah. should be taken seriously. But we also appreciate our hidden secret that we have in this community. Um, and it's it's worth being proud of, you know. And so uh, when we first opened Over Easy uh, seven years ago, uh, within the first eight months, CNBC called, right? And CNBC invited us to be a part of a show called Restaurant Startup. And mm-hmm. we were on season two, episode two of uh, Restaurant Startup. And so they flew us out to California and, you know, they told us, they prepped us what we were going to be saying and what we were going to be doing on the show and how it was going to roll out. And we were with the other contestants in a hotel and in the studio. Well, on day one, we were definitely the dark horse because everybody heard, you're from Omaha. Mm -hmm. Well, we're from New York. We're from LA and you know we're from all these places that have serious food and so Tim Maids and I are looking at each other like these guys have no idea you know and so then that we came out and put over easy out there and we invite you to YouTube that episode because it sure is a fun one and I think that the research and the focus and the drive that went into us for that episode was because we're done not being taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And world-class ideas and world-class execution come from Omaha just like it does anywhere else. And in reality, by the end of day one, when everybody presented in front of the judges, we got different looks that night. Yeah. And I invite you to watch that episode and see why. So, But we hope we represented Omaha well is the point there. I will be going back and watching that. I have no doubt that you represented Omaha well. Um and this might kind of go back to the point, you know, where, where you were talking about bringing in Chef Vincent uh, from Chicago. Do you think that Omaha is starting to get more of that respect nationally where it's not just this little, oh, rinky-dink town, maybe they have some mom-and-pop places, but people are starting to recognize, oh, there's some serious, like, food power in Omaha, Nebraska? You know, I think that walking around as little as three years ago, places like Little Bohemia uh, with Chef Dave Utterback looking for a space to open for him and I to collaborate. Um, and now him having opened his own space that's you know world-class and Yoshitomo is a testament of what can happen literally overnight. Mm-hmm. And I can assure you when Ben Maids was cooking at the Market House, he was James Beard worthy all the way back then. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, you know, I do think that uh, with help of, you know, the people in this community being loud and proud, that's really put us on a map and really kind of at least turned a head or two in our direction to kind of take notice of what we have. And we hope that places like Dandelion can expand that because here's the goal is we need the next crop to come up and show their stuff because we'll happily invite investors down when Berkshire Hathaway reconvenes and say, hey, 
this is Dandelion's Investor Week, and we're only going to do startups this week. Be business plan ready so that if a man in a hat and sunglasses asks you for your business plan, <laughs> it could be Warren Buffett, and he wants to take you to the next level. So yeah. hopefully that's the platform we can create and provide, and uh, you know that those those world class ideas is what people turn their head and and say in Omaha, you know, and really that's my goal as a professional. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, we've given a lot of love to Dandelion. We've given some love to Omaha now. But I, I can't let us go without giving a little bit of love to Overeasy, too, which is your original concept. That was like your, your introduction to the Omaha food scene. And I found the story of how you decided that you wanted to open Overeasy, or like when it first came into your head. And you were having breakfast with your dad when that idea was spawned. <laughs> so if you don't mind, would you would you tell that story? Because the abbreviated version that I found online was fascinating and I think it would be even better to hear you tell it in person. Yeah, you know, those were different days again, but it was a similar stock market, you know, and I was a stockbroker. It was uh, 2006, seven and eight, more or less, you know, that we were having these conversations over and over again. And the only place near our office was uh, a village inn. And so we'd sit there and, you know, I just didn't have the love and passion for that business that I do for this business. And mm -hmm. I'd been a server at places like Charlie's on the Lake and Mahogany and, you know, places that are nice and, and in Omaha for a long time. And that had been what I had done through high school and college. And then as I went through college and got a real job, you know, and was a stockbroker now, um, I didn't come to work every day wanting to change the world. I didn't come to work every day saying, how can I make the stockbroker profession better? How can I change the investment world? And if you don't have that, I really just don't think you should go to that job. And trying to explain that to your dad, who's been a <laughs> stockbroker for 40 years, is a, a difficult task, especially when you're his partner. And so, um, you know, I don't know that he fully thought that I was prepared to make the leaps that we made with Overeasy, which is uh, evident, you know, and everyone in town telling us uh, they weren't interested in giving us a loan at the time. Uh, and I was a first timer and, you know, we were in just little old West Omaha and is a drive through really going to work and who buys Pop-Tarts? But uh, <laughs> uh, in the end, I think Hash Brown Rounds has held their own pretty well. And, oh, yes. um, you know, I think that that truthfully, the goal was to set our mark, you know, and uh, a funny story also to add was those hash brown rounds came around because I love to go McDonald's and Burger King hash browns, you mm -hmm. know, in the morning. Mm -hmm. I think that those are the, the standard of breakfast. And so I wanted to make my mark in the pantheon of hash browns out there and, and become a force to be reckoned with when it came to that. And I think that uh, you know, that's what made over easy. Great. I hope that's what made the market house. Great. I hope that's what makes dandelion great. And in the end, um, if that's my, if that's my, you know, goal in this world is to make something great. I feel the best about making food great. And I hope that, uh, anybody who wants to come with us, you know, there's no ego here. We're happy to work with you. We're happy to help you. We're happy to, provide for you in whatever way we can. So please reach out to us, be a part of the, the change with us and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, share that message with us. For the uninitiated or those who need to get out to Overeasy, the hash brown rounds that he is referencing, it's hash browns and bacon and cheese all rolled up into a ball and deep fried. 
And if you don't think that sounds amazing, then there's something wrong with your taste buds and you need to go to Overeasy and try them and have your eyes opened because they are tremendous and really unlike anything that I've had anywhere, to be completely honest. And then that's the biggest, uh, you know, that's the biggest love we can receive is saying that. Well, sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I'm happy to give you that love. It, it's well deserved. Uh, I've, t- I've taken a lot of your time here, but I want, before we get out of here, I want to ask about one more food item and you referenced it that I think everything is good at over easy, but I think this food item really stands out and that's the homemade pop tarts. That's something <laughs> like the hash brown rounds that other people aren't doing where did that concept come from to take like this this humble mass produced brec- you know grab and go breakfast and make like an elevated far more delicious version of it the best part's about breakfast you know what yeah. i mean what is it people can eat on the run and you know when you take a gamble like opening a restaurant and you're a first timer essences are everything you know what i mean signature items become the legs that you stand on mm-hmm. and so in this case um, I did the smart thing, which the first call I made was to Martha at Hill of Beans and made sure I had her addicting delicious coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but you know, in the end, like the the pop tarts reimagined were something that we thought would go with that coffee. We thought would go with um, you know just a drive through mentality that we were trying to create it over easy because you know you can sit down and not even recognize we have a drive-through because we feel our dining rooms um warm and cuddly but the drive-through if you are in a hurry if you are on your way to work if you are hung over on the weekends and don't want to see anybody <laughs> the drive-through allows for all those things and yeah. what better than a pop tart in those cases yeah all right um, Nick Bartholomew, you have given me so much time. You've been so generous today. You have the rest of Omaha to go save. You have people to feed. Um, I'll, I'll let you out of here on that one. Thank you so much for, for joining me and, uh, and for giving me some time today. Absolutely. We hope everybody goes out and supports those local restaurants. We hope to hear of no closings, you know, and mm-hmm. nobody f- being forced to lose their jobs or their businesses because of something outside of our control like this. So um, the ones that do remain or the ones that stay open, please support them. Uh, don't feel bad about uh, which one you can choose or save today, but gift cards and to-go are a great way to help us all, and uh, we're happy to help you right back. So stay safe, Omaha. We love you. Yeah, I, I, I think that's such an important thing to say is just people get out and support local restaurants in any way you can. You know, if, if you feel comfortable um, and the situation allows for it, go get takeout or get a curbside order. Um, maybe get delivery if that's an option. If it's not, try and buy gift cards, try and buy merchandise, anything that you can do to help local restaurants and you know keep these places afloat. That It just makes a world of difference. So uh, thank you so much for listening today, Omaha. This was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll try and keep it going through whatever craziness the coming weeks and months deal with us. So uh, thanks for eating with me. A Parkville Media Production.